0: Be confident in in a niche, like niche down. That to me, we talk about the struggles of the agency. I was so worried. I was trying to be everything to everyone with the business because I was so worried about revenue and cash and just making a sale. I was too afraid to go after a niche. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome
1: to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge, help to the podcast so if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well thanks so much all right everybody today we have russ perry who's the ceo of design pickle which provides unlimited graphic design help for a flat monthly fee i'm a happy customer i'm not affiliated at all but i wanted to have russ jump on the show today so russ how are you doing I'm well, thank you for having me. It's good to connect. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and talk a little bit about the company?
0: Yeah, well, those go pretty much hand in hand. So, uh, before we get to design pickle, I have to confess I was a terrible agency owner in previously li- in a previous life. So, my professional experience pretty much outside of college was working in an agency capacity, freelancing, building agencies, and it all kind of ended in a big fireball experience in September 2014. But the one thing that I realized that we kind of, I kind of learned how to do well was manage production level graphic design. So um, in my mid business life crisis times of of late 2014, uh, did a lot of soul searching, book reading and came up with Design Pickle really after reading a great book by Dan Norris, Seven Day Startup, and just kind of. Had an aha moment around what I was doing on the side with some consulting and decided to make a run at the whole productized service space and, and launched Design Pickle, which if you don't know, we offer kind of a flat rate graphic design service. So you just sign up, you get it's one price every month, no matter how much you use it. And we help you with a lot of the pretty much all the marketing and sales graphic design stuff that most businesses need. And how much do you charge for that? That uh, how much is Design Pickle? Currently, we are at three hundred and seventy dollars a month. So, if you use it zero times, it's three seventy a month. If you use it fifty times, it's three seventy a month. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, let's
1: just put things in context. As a marketer, you know, I, I'm always looking for people to make ads all the time, and and then it, it gets it can add up very quickly. I was looking at my bill a couple of months ago. Uh, I ended up paying two thousand dollars for banners, ebook design, and all that type of stuff. But to be able to have it all in one, no contracts, nothing like that, uh, just all in one, is actually pretty amazing. Just to paint a picture there. Russ, I want to back up a second. I want to talk about the agency for a little bit. So you, you talked yeah. about the agency being, uh, being tough times. You know, what happened there exactly?
0: <laughs> oh, man. I don't think we have five hours to chat. But the main things that I realized, you know, the main thing with the agency, first of all, was was I was really great at selling creative ideas. However, a lot of our creative ideas as we grew as a company became more and more complex. So we went from, hey, let's design you a WordPress site to, hey, let's implement a 12 month HubSpot strategy and implement HubSpot. So things got really, really complicated really fast as we grew. And frankly, I just wasn't prepared to be a leader in that type of organization. So we ended up selling a ton of work in 2014, um, $3 million of revenue. And lost just about, like basically had to walk away from everything halfway through the year because of one reason or another. So I just was able to do some some serious soul searching at that time and be like, look, this is not my path. Like my path is not to build the next big agency. My path is something else. I didn't know what that was, but I finally was able to come to grips with that realization after obviously some very traumatic <laughs> months of losing clients <laughs> got it and
1: okay so j- just to just to be clear here you, you guys were losing clients because you were not fulfilling the work or is
0: another reason so it'll over promise under deliver scenario i mean that was the biggest thing because we had no niche we had no specialty we had no thing that was ours and we were just trying to be generalists so you you know you'd come to i would bump into you at an airport and talk to you oh yeah sure yeah we can do that yeah let's do it And like I said, I was very good at creating the concepts, the strategies, the ideas, but um, implementing those at the end of the day became a huge challenge as we scaled in size and those ideas became more and more complex.
1: Got it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Design Pickle today. Where are you in terms of numbers and number of uh, in terms of revenues and number of customers?
0: Yeah, so today, at the time of this podcast, we just broke $89,000 a month in recurring revenue, and we're around 350 clients. It's kind of a fluctuating number. We're a bit slow with sales this month, so sales and churn is sadly... Kind of right a one to one right now, but we're at three fifty clients. Um, some other fun stats, you know. We've uh, in two thousand and fifteen, we launched in January two thousand and fifteen. But all of two thousand and fifteen, we did a little north of ten thousand design requests. And by the end of this week, so the end of April, we will have done ten thousand design requests in the first four months of the year. Wow! So we're just. Scaling and scaling. Yeah.
1: So January 2015 and you guys are now on a million dollar run rate, right? And Correct. the so one thing you mentioned, you mentioned sales and churn right now are one to one. Why does
0: churn seem so high Dude, churn is a nightmare for us? Not and here's the pain of it. We have so many happy clients canceled. Because unlike some sticky software where you're like, let's just say QuickBooks, for example, where you're integrated into like the whole function of an organization, if someone doesn't want to use us anymore, we really, I mean, it's just a decision. They could be totally happy with what we're selling or offering, but at the end of the day, we're a productized service. It's just a service they can choose not to use. Right. right? So we're trying to figure out, and I don't have the answer yet, but so we have like just churn for for reasons that are unpreventable, someone doesn't, you know, their business can't afford it or whatever. And then we have this happy churn, which is really confusing. And then we have just like the the churn f- for churn's sake from uh either a bad experience clients had or a bad designer match, which can happen. So it's like these almost like different layers of churn that we're trying to figure out and tackle.
1: Right. Interesting. Okay. We'll, we'll have to have you on the podcast another time when you figure out how to how to solve that. <laughs> the, the three layers of churn. <laughs>
0: I could solve churn, I think I could start my own business like a way more larger business than what I'm currently doing. (laughs) Got it.
1: Okay. So I mean, how are you doing this all for for a flat fee right now? And what if some guy comes in and has 1000 requests all of a sudden? How do you make the numbers work?
0: Yeah, so our biggest throttle is is turnaround time. So it is things get slower, the more volume you have. And eventually, there's just a point of diminishing return to where, Like we had one guy on an eight eight month queue, like he had, he had like thousands of requests submitted and we're like, okay, we'll be done with this many thousands of requests in about eight months. He was cool with it. Like, he's like, all right, cool. Cause most of it was like evergreen social media content that he was just pumping through our system. But that's, that's the best way we throttle it is, you know, your first few requests will usually get done pretty quick within a day or so. If you stack on more, those will take a little bit longer. You stack on more, those will take a little bit longer. And then you just find what your equilibrium is with what the needs are for your business and what we can do. Most of the time, we can handle a lot of our clients' needs. Other times, we're only going to do part of it because they, they'll have to go somewhere else to get the rest of it done. Right.
1: So are there any promises in terms of deadlines, things like that, or, is it, or the, the client has no control over deadlines?
0: No control over deadlines. It's a very dangerous game to do that because I'll throw the clients under the bus. In this case, clients often are terrible at reviewing things quickly, giving feedback, knowing what they want. So for us to put the, put the pressure on ourselves for delivering things by a certain time where most of that experience is controlled by the design, by the client, excuse me. That's, that's setting us up up for failure. Got it. So if you do need stuff, like and we kind of have a, like a clunky, it's not clunky as in hard. It's just, You can't sign up and one hour later be using the service. There are several steps you have to go through. And actually, that's a test for us with the client to see how patient they are. Because if they sign up and they're like, I need this now – then we'll we'll refund their money and say, hey, we're not going to be a good fit for you. And it's like a culture check almost in a lot of ways.
1: Right. Yeah, I can imagine that being a problem because I mean, at three seventy, that that allows you know people from the lower end to get in as one. Well. You can have those those quote unquote nightmare clients, right? So I can see that being a problem. So okay, I want to talk about going back into January twenty fifteen when you guys launched. I mean, how did you guys go about acquiring your first thousand customers?
0: Yeah, because we've had about 1,200 come through our system. We actively maintain 350. So we've had a lot of churn over the year. Uh, First of all, it was hustle. Like we just, I just hustled. I just, I literally emailed every person. I exported my LinkedIn database, all the emails, emailed all those people And I coordinated a guest blogging strategy. Like that was the extent of my strategy for launch was how many people could I get to commit to me writing a blog post for them and then sort of quasi publishing all those blog posts at the same time, offering a launch special. And it worked. And I, dude, I was writing blog posts. I do not even know what I was writing. I was like, you have a, a cupcake blog. Cool. I'll figure out a way to write about cupcakes. Like it doesn't matter. So that was the launch strategy but it gave us enough velocity to actually get some cash to then start investing into more strategic things. And the biggest thing we did right out of the gates in March, 2015 was the infusion soft trade show in Arizona, the icon 2015. That was, but a huge hustle. I was dressed up as a pickle handing out pickles during lunchtime because we were too late. Like we, we decided to sponsor, there's no booths left or anything. And and I was like, well, how about this? And I got a Mexican popsicle cart, push cart with the bells, wrapped it, design pickle, bought a pickle on Amazon outfit and like handed out pickles during lunchtime. <laughs> I <laughs> love just, it. huge success. Like I got selfies with the CMO. Like it was a blast. <laughs> how many customers <laughs> do you think you got from that? I mean, I still like, to this day, over a year later, have people sign up that was like, I saw you as the pickle. I would say at least 100 and 150 customers like in total have come from that that activation. And it cost us like, like four grand in total. The sponsorship was the most expensive thing and that was like 2,500 bucks.
1: Wow. So why not just duplicate, hire a bunch of people to be pickles around at all these big conferences and spend that four grand each time? <laughs> you
0: know, we're self-funded and there's... That we got lucky with that one it's it's kind of hard to uh, negotiate the pickle thing, but it is on our strategy. I, I will actually confess we didn't that was a one time thing. So it you know trade shows and events and all that are are kind of cash intensive and you think, okay, I spend dollars or that or what can I get from five thousand dollars of Facebook advertising without any of the effort that you put into it. But we've since come back to events and we'll and from starting uh, this fall and through next year, you're going to see us at a lot more events because we realize that is pretty, pretty successful. Got it. OK.
1: Now, I know you did something with Digital Marketer as well, which is the perfect type of audience for you. So, you know, they started mentioning Design Pickle quite a bit. I remember in some of their podcasts or videos and things like that. So walk us through, you know, how that partnership turned out for you. What did what? Yeah. What happened there?
0: So officially there was no partnership they were just a client and started recommending us which was awesome but yeah we got mentioned at their big conference in february traffic and conversion and so their molly Pittman became a client and started using us for all their facebook ad designs and with her system that she uses the ad grid system so she dropped name dropped us on stage and it was like flood of flood of signups again further validation that we need to be at events right so we've actually since formalized some partnerships we're on their we're on their like a recommended tools page and then we're going to be sponsoring their new conference in florida the content and conversion one in orlando in september and i'm super pumped about them i mean couldn't it be a better culture and a better organization i've worked with a lot of trade shows and a lot of groups and they've just been right on i mean and the, and the audience, I, I was a member of Digital Marketer too before they signed up for our service and everything they've been doing is just perfect for a perfect match for what we've done or what we can serve. Love it.
1: Okay, so I mean, it sounds like, you know, the, the live events are, are are going well for you. I mean, what's one more effective thing you're doing right now in terms of customer acquisition today?
0: Weekly demos. Why? Every week I'm on a, a webinar talking and showing our service. I have persistent Facebook ads running for those. We're always tweaking how those work, but it's like, hey, sign up for a demo. Check us out. And it's it kind of becomes a like a weekly chore at times because I basically say the exact same thing every single week, every hour. Yeah. Every time I do it. But we have great conversion from that, and we're just going to continue to scale that up. Cause like, it's not like what we're doing, like it's design, right? So we're not, I'm not asking you to, Hey, learn about marketing automation. You've never done it before. And I'm going to teach you how to do all it's just, Hey, we do design. We just do it a different way than you're used to. So those demos really are just to kind of prove or real and talk about it and show it. And we get really good conversions out of it.
1: Interesting. And how much, I mean, how much are you currently spending, you know, per month on Facebook and how much are you paying for like a registrant?
0: So we, we've, we've varied between, you know, we're averaging about 5k a month in ads. We, you know, we scaled it up recently to about 15k just to see what would happen. Well, I think the right number currently is somewhere in between there. And the cost of a lead to register is under $3. So Yeah. Now we do, because we only do it weekly, there's a, there's about a 15% attendance rate. So I've talked to some guys and they're like, yeah, if you can do these, I know there's like clever ways to do on-demand ones and all these like fake live webinars. I don't like doing that. Um, But I'm, I'm thinking about doing it twice a week. And that way, like, no matter when you sign up, there's one just a few days away to see if that will improve our our um, attendance rate,
1: right? So the numbers you're giving are are, are actually, um, I mean, for the for the register rate especially are, are are really good. So are you targeting cold traffic, or are you targeting people that have visited your website? So in other in other words, uh, retargeting.
0: Yeah, we're we have persistent retargeting campaigns for to sign up. That's pretty much a straight call to action, like, hey, sign up for a service. For all of our webinar and some of the other ads, we're all doing lookalike campaigns and Facebook built based off of like our newsletter sign up list or our client lists that's the best way i tried doing i tried targeting based on interest and you know the direct like like the direct way and the lead costs were like five, ten, fifteen dollars with those.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I guess it all depends on the industry too. So, so you know, with design, there's always design fanatics. I, I find that the design and dev community are really they're really tight like that. Um, but when it comes to marketing stuff, you know, you can see the, the 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 cost per acquisition, you know, kind of skyrocket. So registration sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm paying you know five six you know five six dollars plus. Um, just because of the niche itself, but um, the numbers you're giving—you know, three dollars for a registration and then fifteen percent for attendance rate—that's that's twenty dollars uh, per attending, which is which is pretty good. Okay, that's good. I mean, it sounds like Facebook, you're you're crushing it with that. Um, why don't you tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing this business?
0: You know, it's just matching the supply of our team, like how many designers we have, with the demand of our clients. So we're, we're always balancing that, you know, as a self-funded startup, I don't have millions in a war chest that I can just over hire and be ready for any type of growth. And when we had our big shout outs at the digital marketer camp, we, I actually told Molly and those guys, I was like, you guys broke the pickle jar. Like we, we had such, such fast traction and scaling and so many new clients that we just got crushed under the demand and the load. So I just got back from the Philippines last week and since February and, and since then and in preparing for the fall, we've been just hustling and working on tons of new strategies and structures and processes to, to overcome that. I wouldn't say we're out of the woods yet, but we're preparing ourselves to be able to scale in a much more strategic way than we, we thought we would have to in the past. Wonderful.
1: Okay. And what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 20-year-old self?
0: <laughs> Don't party so much and <laughs> work on <laughs> work on your business more. That'd be one. I'll give a more. I'll give a more meaningful one though. I would say be confident in in a niche, like niche down. That to me, we talk about the struggles of the agency. I was so worried. I was trying to be everything to everyone with the business because I was so worried about revenue and cash and just making a sale. I was too afraid to go after a niche. I know if 20-year-old Russ had gone, you know, launched a, an agency targeting artisan cupcake manufacturers, I would be a $10 million agency considering like how big that niche is now. But I, I was too afraid to niche down. And now with Design Pickle, while we don't niche in the industry, we niche with the kind of design we do. And that has been game-changing because I know exactly what we do well. I know what we don't. I'll say no to clients if they need anything outside of that. And it's extremely powerful for, for making a lot of decisions in your business.
1: I love it. Okay. And what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Deep Work by Cal Newport. Good book. We've, we've had Cal on the show in the past. So if you guys want to check out that episode, it's a great one. Um, Cal actually does not have any social media accounts as far as I know. Um, so that's how focused he is on, on doing great work.
0: He is one of the two newsletters that hit my actual inbox is his and one and one of my friends. And so, yeah, the great, great book. Well, I'm going to have to go listen to that interview. I'm kind of like a fanboy of Cal a little Yeah, bit.
1: absolutely. It's there and ready for you to listen to, man. Um, but Russ, I mean, this has been fantastic. Everybody, you should at least go check out Design Pickle if you do ads in any type of capacity or any type of design that you're going to do over and over. I, I highly recommend checking it out. Russ, what's the best way for people to find you online?
0: You know, any social media handle is going to be Russ Perry, except for Snapchat, which I'm just learning. And that is design pickle so that's the best way
1: wonderful well russ thanks so much for doing this i hope everybody goes and checks out design pickle thanks again russ yeah thank you eric